Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of July 31st, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And the week was a pretty strong one when you add it all up, especially because we had a, a pretty substantial rally on the last day of the week, Friday. The S&P 500 finished the week up basically 1%, bringing the year-to-date return to 19.34%. We saw 600-plus million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. So on the higher end of what you'll see week to week, especially during the summer doldrums, if you will. But when you break it down – you basically had seven of the 11 gig sectors up for the week. And even those sectors that were down for the week weren't down significantly. Healthcare down 77 basis points, financials down 26 basis points. And then you had utilities down 2% and XLRE down 184 basis points. But on the flip side, on the green side, you had this massive rally in the communication services sector up nearly 5%. Last week alone, largely driven by strong earnings and strong performance on the back of those earnings from Google and Meta, which both absolutely blew the doors off their earnings print on technology. You were up one percent, and that was actually in some ways a disappointing week for technology when you look at what communication services did. And that's largely because Microsoft had an earnings print that the market didn't really love. We also saw a pretty big rally in energy up 1.84%. And when you look at the data, so forget the Fed, and we'll get back to them in a minute, but you had manufacturing PMI that was better than expected, services that was weaker than expected. On the housing front, as we talked about, we had a lot of housing data last week, weaker than expected new home sales, better than expected pending home sales. Case Schiller showed negative prices, or price changes, but it was also better than expected. So some textured housing data that maybe gave the market some confidence. And on the confidence front, we had a massive consumer confidence beat. So on the data front, it was mixed, but some of those important indicators were were very supportive of this market. In fact, we had PCE at the end of the week that was basically in line. And as we've talked about, that's the Fed's favored indicator of inflation. So a normalization in the rate of change on inflation. We've been hearing a lot about it, whether it's CPI, whether it's PPI. And one of the things that's interesting that I read about this week is the idea that when you look at the rate of change for PPI, so wholesale inflation, and the difference between the rate of change for wholesale inflation and for consumer inflation or CPI, that difference, PPI is falling at a faster rate than CPI is falling, that tends to portend to strong margins. And that's reflective, perhaps, of a sustained market rally, because, again, margins are a very important driver of stock performance and they're a key indicator for future earnings. So if just by virtue of that inflationary mismatch at the wholesale and consumer level, you get margin expansion or at the very least margin maintenance, that can, in theory, be positive for earnings and therefore the positive for the market. And the market certainly seemed to like it this week. It certainly liked that inflation dynamic so far here in 2023, as we mentioned, up 19.34%. And the Fed did what the market expected it to. I don't think there was any language in the post-meeting press conference that spooked the market, as we've seen in prior 
Fed meetings. And so all in all, you you look at what we had last week, some economic data on the housing front. We had some inflation data. We had some PMI data. And we also had a ton of earnings, including some massive companies that have a big influence on the market that are part of that, quote unquote, magnificent seven, including Meta and Google. And some of those companies blew the doors off. Microsoft had a good print. The market just didn't like that print as much as they like the Meta and the Google print. And so add it all up. And it was another comprehensive week that tilted again toward growth and toward cyclicals. Industrials was up 56 basis points. It lagged the market this week, but another positive print for a cyclical sector. Materials up 1.81%, so outperforming the market this week and largely a cyclical sector, one that has been dragged down until recently by concerns about a recession, concerns about that recession's impact on the demand for raw materials, for metals and mining, for very important segments of the basic material sector, as we talked about recently when materials was the sector in focus. From a flows perspective, we had another 24 million shares in net creations across the 11 gig sectors, across the 11 select sector spiders, 16 million once again, New shares created in XLF this week or over a rolling one-week period. Five million out of healthcare, five million shares created in XLP or staples, and then two million or so shares created in materials and technology. So again, not a lot to look into or read into this week, specifically on the flows front, but the momentum we've seen in terms of creation activity and financial certainly bears watching because as we talk about time and time again, that's one of those sectors that sees these massive swings in inflows and outflows is a very institutional product. And the fact that we've seen this sustained level of creation activity in XLF is at the very least interesting. And we saw XLF down 28 basis points this week or so. And in many ways, that's a sector that people have been looking to to provide some guidance as to what the trajectory of interest rates are, what the impact or work through of interest rates is on economic activity. Because remember, we heard from some of those large financial institutions recently, and a lot of them were talking about the need to impart discipline on their business, increasing credit loss provisions, and ultimately anticipating perhaps a slowdown in consumer spending and a contraction in consumer credit, which, of course, for the financial services business can be a challenging dynamic. So the sector in focus this week is kind of a gimmick. I decided to go with the SWIFT index, and it's largely because we've been reading so much about how Taylor Swift's concert series has had such an impact on economic activity locally. I mean, the Philadelphia Federal Reserve mentioned the Taylor Swift conference in one of their recent papers, and they were speaking to the uptick in tourism, the uptick in hotels, the uptick in consumer spending in that local economy as a result of that concert series. And we're hearing about it, at least anecdotally, across the country when the Taylor Swift whirlwind comes through, hotels are booked, flights are booked, airports are busy, people are out, bars are packed, restaurants are packed. So from a consumer spending perspective, it's had at the very least on a micro level, a pretty significant impact on some of these local economies. So in order to recreate a SWIFT index, I decided to pair S, staples, I, industrials, F, 
Financials and T Technology. Now, there is no sector that starts with the W, and so I am fudging a little bit here. But looking year to date at what those sectors have done, you've got Staples up 2%. Industrials up 12%, financials up 3%, and technology, of course, up 43%. So you blend those in an equal weighted manner and you're up 15%. You've liked the market, yada, yada. But I think the important point is, is kind of interesting because Staples is defensive, industrials is cyclical, financials is in between cyclical and, and growth, certainly more value just in terms of valuations. And then technology, of course, is very much growth. So you've got this interesting textured exposure to the market when you build a SWIFT index, excluding W. I guess you could use water in that W holding place. But the point here is that when you actually combine these various elements of the market, cyclicals, value, growth, and defensives, you end up with a portfolio that, at least so far this year, has lagged the market. And I think that speaks to the dominance or the prevalence of those magnificent seven stocks, those stocks in consumer discretionary, those stocks in communication services, those stocks in technology that have driven so much of the market's performance year to date. And yet, had you just mixed those cyclical, defensive value and growth sectors in effectively an arbitrary way for the case of a swift index you've you've done pretty well so far in 2023 and i think the point isn't necessarily that this is tied to what taylor swift is actually doing or what that concert series is actually doing economically but what it does show us is that sectors can be used in interesting combinations to provide investors provide advisors provide advisors on behalf of their investors with a very unique way to construct portfolios and importantly, to reflect their economic views. If you're a investor who's trying to balance or barbell, if you will, borrowing from a phrase that people often use in fixed income, defensive and in value with growth and cyclical, well, four sectors just picked because they happen to constitute an acronym that's a very popular singer's name can do that. Staples, industrials, financials, and technology. Just an interesting thought experiment, if nothing else, that also allows me to stay attuned to pop culture. Finger on the pulse, if you will. So looking ahead to next week, we've got some economic data, not as much as we've had as of late. We've got ISM manufacturing and services coming up this week. And then at the end of the week, we we will get jobs data. So we'll get non-farm payrolls. And that is one of the most important economic data points we get on a rolling basis. And it will be interesting to see if the strength in the job market, which has been so resilient, which has been so stubborn relative to the recession prognosticators, will be a very interesting print because we're now at this point where the market is at the very least anticipating that the Fed is near the end of their recent hiking cycle. We've seen the market price in multiple rate cuts in 2024. And if we are, in fact, going to see the Fed start to or show signs that they're done with this latest hiking cycle, in theory, the jobs market can't remain as robust and as strong and as resilient as it has. And that Again, feels a little bit dirty to say because in theory, these are people and people need jobs to put food on the table, to put roofs over their head, to support college and everything else that goes into being an American citizen and being a consumer in this country. But 
the reality is is that the job market being as strong as it has has put upward pressure on wages. Upward pressure on wages typically translates to stubborn inflation, and that's exactly what we've seen for the bulk of 2023. So that jobs number on Friday will be important. On the earnings front, we're going to hear from another 150-plus companies from the S&P 500 alone, another very meaty week on the earnings front. And I'm just going to list off some names because it really spans basically every sector of the market. You've got Pfizer and healthcare. You've got Starbucks. You've got PayPal and financials. You've got Marathon Oil and XLE, if that's your jam. You've got Kraft Heinz and Consumer Staples. You've got CF Industries. In basic materials. And then you've got some big dogs, Apple and Amazon, as well as Southern Company and utilities, not to forget the utility sector. So point is economic data fairly light other than the jobs number. Earnings continue to roll in fast and furious. And there's something in there for everyone in terms of what sectors you follow, what sectors you invest in. And of course, some major powerhouse companies that have been so influential in the market so far in 2023. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time.